Welcome to Folkcraft. I'm your host, Temperance Alden. Today I have Nike the Warrior Witch on with me. Hi, Temperance. Hi, I don't Nike. know if you prefer to go by Temper Temperance on your podcast. You can, we can, whatever can my whatever heart desires. Like, whatever, okay. yes, whatever you're most comfortable with. So um, I'm so happy to have Nike on today. Today we are going to be talking about divination, but specifically using runes and divination. Now, Nike is a Norse heathen. I believe that's, I'm saying, the combination of words correctly there. Um, and aside from being a super cool, amazing astrologer, Nike is pretty sufficient in runes. So I thought it'd be fun to bring it on because while we talk about um, folk magic and styles of divination, you know, folk magic has uh, regular playing cards, right? We're not just talking about tarot cards. We're talking about playing cards. We're talking about oracle cards, bones, sticks, rocks, junk, runes, um, there's so many more things and I probably honestly just mispronounced that, but I've only read the word. So that's what we're getting into today. So Nike, can you tell me a little bit about, because there's more than one set of runes that can be used. Can you tell me a little bit about that history? Yeah. So there's a few sets. Um, the one that most people are going to be familiar with typically is going to be the Elder Futhark. Uh, and that's, you know, the, the real popular one. If you search runes, that's going to be the one that comes up online and in most books, but there's also the Anglo-Saxon Futhark. There's the Younger Futhark. And then there's another one that is actually made by Guido von List. Uh, I think they're called the Armanen runes, but Guido von List is somebody that we, uh, as progressive North pagans don't really love to associate with because he was more in the, uh, pre-World War II German nationalist idea, um, mm. but, but that is a set that exists out there, and there, I do actually have a book on that just for informational sake, um, but typically the Elder Futhark is going to be the one that you you find, but the, the Anglo-Saxon Futhark is more of the historical one that would have been accurate to what the the people that we consider Vikings, you know, the, the Viking Age, that's the, the alphabet that would have been used at that time, so um, even the information that we use to derive meanings for the Elder Futhark come from a lot of the meanings that are within the Anglo-Saxon rune poems. And, and the rune poems are really where we get a lot of those, those meanings. So if you're looking for the real traditional, traditional way, the Futhork is the way to go. But even Norse pagans who know about that, like myself, I still use uh, both, both the Futhark and Futhork alphabets. So it's really more up to your preference. What is your, like your absolute favorite system? Like if you were to just do this without me being here, what would you be doing? I've been experimenting with both back and forth. I like the Futhork a lot. And the, the more that I've experimented with it, the more I, I enjoy it. It also has a few extra, quote unquote, extra. There, there's more uh, symbols and letters to be used in the Futhork compared to the Elder Futhark. So if you are somebody who likes a little bit more detail or a lot, of, uh, a lot more options, that's sort of the way that you might gravitate. And I've enjoyed that. And it's part of why I always like tarot is because there's so much information. You know, there's 78 cards. And if you uh, read reversals, you double that and all the little symbols that come in. So I've always been a person that likes the details. So the more that I can get and the more options I have and, and the ability to read more detail into a situation, the better. But runes are also such an interesting system because, you know, by nature, they're they're one single symbol on whatever it is that you're using, you know, because there's options. But like on my on my stones, you know, it's, it's one symbol. There's nothing else to read onto it. So you have to know those meanings. There's nothing else that you can look to. And it's entirely just the symbol and what it means and your intuition going into it. So by by nature, it's sort of a, a back and forth of since they're already kind of simple, you might prefer the Elder Futhark being sort of the standard set that you see around just because you're already not getting a lot of 
details and depth with it. And it's all up to you. Mm. You are the resident astrologer of my friend group. Have you found a way to combine astrology with runes? I haven't, although there would be interesting ways that you could do it in more of an eclectic set. Um, I don't know what you would call it. I know there's a specific term for sets that you would you know, cast, but it's just random objects. Like you could have a seashell and a rock and a bone. I don't know what that's called, but whatever that set is, you uh, could incorporate astrology. Junk, a lot of people refer to that as like junk oracle. Yeah, junk oracles. So you could throw in like astrology dice. I know that those exist. Um, some people also just do divination with astrology dice, and that's a 12-sided die with the signs, the planets, and the houses on them. So, I mean, you you could incorporate them that way, but they don't really have a good uh, alignment with astrology because one, there's a lot more, and two, they they don't necessarily have a lot of crossover. There are some that you could make that argument for, like Othala has to do with ancestral home, ancestral property, and so you could relate that to the fourth house. Um, Tear, maybe you could uh, incorporate with Mars in a sense, but I mean, so many of them have crossover, you might say. Um, and it's, it's the same way with trying to make a link between the Norse gods and the Greek or Roman gods, because there's not really um, a crossover. Like you'd think Odin, the considered like the king of the gods, you'd think he would be Jupiter, but he's really more of a mercurial figure, but he still has those Jupiterian ideas to him. And he's also a god of death. So there's some of that, that Mars quality to him. So because- Saturnian the, energy too. Yeah, you, you could kind of put a little bit for everything. And, and Freya is the same way where you could say, well, she's Venus, but she's also Mars in her own sense because she's also, and Saturn, because she's a goddess of, uh, you know, war and death as well. So the, the Norse gods are such an interesting- group because they don't have that analog they're they're i don't want to say they have more depth because that's not really accurate but they they're just so varied compared to the usual archetypes that we're used to but i'm wondering is there a separate system for icelandic uh, divination not that i've looked into but i could be wrong um the iceland was settled by um you know mixtures of the the various nordic countries so there's some uh denmark some norway you know sort of mixed in there so it's it's more of whatever you would have seen with the you know quote-unquote original nordic countries iceland you know had and then they became their own culture over time uh for example when the conversion period was happening, where you know all of Europe, including the, the Nordic countries, were being converted to Christianity, Iceland actually held a vote. So they were not forced into it. They chose to become Christian. They, they held a vote and said, okay, we'll become a Christian nation now. We'll, we'll all convert. And whether or not all of those traditions went away, which clearly they wouldn't because of how folk magic develops, um, you know, the, the history with them is always going to be so interesting and so different. But as far as I'm aware, Iceland doesn't really have like a separate uh, divinatory system. Mm. We have, because we have, you know, Icelandic texts that are uh, much more modern, modernized. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of my, my curiosity there. So when we talk about the actual runes, right, and the materials, and if you're listening, how you could maybe get into this. So I have a different set of runes than Nike. I do own a set of runes. I've had them for a number of years. As we discovered when we, me and Nike very first got on, I looked uh, inside, like, I bought a, there's a book that, like, came with my runes, um, and mine are from 1995. That's when they were, like, made. I did not make them myself, so I'm going to be honest about that. Um, my runes are made out of terracotta. Um, and if you're a patron, you see them. They're they're 
very uh, nice. But Nike has made their own runes. Yeah, so um, I was saying this on the pre-show, so if you don't have access to the pre-show, you should definitely go uh, get access to that. But I I'd bought a few runes, I'd gotten some from friends in the past um, that were like on loan so I could borrow them. But all the ones that I had bought myself just weren't what I was looking for. They either, you basically get two options. If you want something that lays flat, like I wanted, they end up being really crappy quality. Or you get ones that are more like your typical tumbled stones, but they don't have a a uniform flatness. So the way that they sit is kind of odd. And I didn't really like that. So everything I tried to get just wasn't really what I was looking for. So I just caved and I dug around in, uh, you know, areas where there were stones to be able to, it took a while. Uh, So I made a natural stone set and then I got those little floral beads and I made two different sets with those. So I have a black and white set and a white and black set. So white base versus black base. Um, And my black set with white text is my Anglo-Saxon Futhark and all the other ones are Elder Futhark. So I have the white and black set is the Elder Futhark and my natural stones are Elder Futhark. If you haven't done runes as a divinatory system, um, they're fun. Uh, 10 out of 10 recommend, especially if you are someone who would potentially like to get into maybe bone throwing or kind of junk oracle throwing later. This is a very good kind of step introductory system into getting into those systems because it teaches you the kind of foundational techniques of casting and throwing. So there are a number of like styles you can because I keep all of mine in a bag. Um, Sometimes, like I did for Nike earlier today, forcibly, um, I will just shake the bag up and then I will stick my hand in and grab one out. And that is the reading. Um, But then there's casting. So I'm wondering how you cast and I'm wondering if it's different than how I cast. Uh, So I cast by, it's sort of similar. I'll shake the bag around. I'll, I'll try to mix it up. We'll get some rock ASMR here. I'll mix it up with my hands in the bag and then I'll, I'll give it a little shake and then I'll usually reach in and grab a fistful and I'll, I'll toss those onto the floor. Um, I don't have a mat currently. My, my goal is in the future, once I've moved and things have settled in a little bit, I want to get a circular mat um, because I know that with casting, there's, there's two ways that I've seen, which is you either do the fistful or if you have somewhere to have sort of a, a border, like a, a circular border usually is the one that I've seen. Uh, you could just dump the whole bag out after you mix it up and whatever stays within the circle is what you read and everything else you just put away. Um, but I, I like the grab fistful method. I don't usually read for other people, um, especially like in real life, like in person. So if I was going to do that, I'd probably have them reach their hands in because I'm a little less territorial with my runes than I am with my tarot cards, oddly. But I, I like to do that because I know that other people will do sort of similar to tarot cards. We'll draw one at a time and, and put them in specific places like in tarot spreads. Um, but I don't find that that's really uh, as useful for me. It's not wrong if other people do it, but it's just not a system that I've vibed with. I, I like the, the free cast. Mm. So I do it a little differently. Um, so I started reading runes uh, as a teenager when th- this was all I had access to. And so I usually, especially if I'm reading for someone else, if I'm doing an actual casting, um, whether it's someone else or not, this process is very similar. Um, I will identify a rune that 
is the querent. Usually it is the blank one. Now I recognize that some people read the blank one as an actual rune, but I usually don't. I usually identify that as the, the querent. Um, and then when I cast them, I only read the runes that get cast around the querent rune. Um, so I do in a way kind of take away from my available options because I've already identified the energy of the situation or the querent with the casting, but um, I will usually kind of mix them up in, in the bag um, and similar, I'll mix them up in the bag. Uh, and then I will grab them out and throw them down. But as I'm mixing them up, there's a very specific time where I'm focusing my energy, focusing on the question, um, you know, requesting an answer and unlike tarot um, this is a system where I specifically work with a specific god for um, I call upon that god to kind of aid me and guide me in the right direction that I'm going to be going and then I cast them and then I read around the querent rune wherever that fell um, so I do do it a little differently and I think that's interesting that we do it different yeah well, and the interesting thing about the the blank rune, um, some people call it the weird rune. Uh, it's it's not like a traditional thing. There's nothing wrong with using it, but it's a much newer concept. Uh, and historically, if you saw a blank rune in a set, it was more likely that it was like a spare. Like if you lost one, you could carve this one and have that that extra just in case one disappeared or fell in the river or whatever. So. Uh, you can use them and, and to use them as a, a querent identifier, I think is a, a great way to do it if you want to have that in there. Um, but I, I stopped using the blank rune personally a long time ago, but it's, it's fascinating to hear how somebody else has used it in a way that is not like reading that rune as a specific uh, non-image, I guess you might say. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I think that we have, um, when we come into a reading and this is the reason why, I don't know if I maybe read this in a book. I may have read this in a book, but it's just been, a, it's something I've done for so long um, that I couldn't even direct you to the right book about it. But um, when we come into a reading, whether it's tarot, whether it's Oracle, um, we should be coming into it blank with our expectations. Otherwise we're really looking for confirmation bias within our reading. So that blank rune identifies the blankness of the querent and of the reading. So that's why I only read the runes that end up around that blank one. Um, do you read reversals on your runes? No, I don't. Wow, trash. It was so interesting too, because with tarot, I do, but with runes, I don't. Why won't she read a reversal on a rune? It, it just doesn't, some, something about it in my head just says for, for me not to, um, you know, this is what it is. This is the meaning because there's enough like good and bad indicators and their relation to each other can change whether or not it's a good or bad thing. So for me, it's more, what's the context versus is it upright or reverse? Now there are other ways that I'll do it. So because like I, you know, I cast them out, some of them are going to end up upside down. So if like face down, I mean, so if they're face mm -hmm. down, I read that more as um, something that won't be revealed at first, or maybe like a hidden element, something happening in the background. Um, and I, I also read them a little bit like tassiomancy. So if they're closer to center, like the center of a, a broader circle, that's going to be more of the immediate concern or the present concern. Anything further out is either less relevant or further off. Mm -hmm. um, and so anything that is upside down is going to be more of like, if it's in the center, it's 
a current present force, but it's not one that you can interact with or change or that you're not meant to see at that moment, but you can still see what it is to, to read what it might affect the situation in. But anything you know further out is going to be, you're not really going to see it. It's a little bit further away. So while it's going to be relevant, it's less of a concern versus the things that you can see coming. Um, so it's more of, how do I put it? For any astrology people out there, it's more of like something being too close to the sun or being reversed, like uh, in, in retrograde, things being reversals or things being too close to see or being in aversion, like that sort of sight mentality where it's still playing a role, but maybe it can't be seen to you at that moment. Mm. So it's intangible or subconscious. Yes. Like that. What would be the biggest piece of advice you have if someone was just getting into this? Because to be honest with you, I find that runes are much more accessible for beginners than tarot. So what is your biggest piece of advice for someone that's like maybe just starting to get into this? Actually, two part. And what's your biggest caution? They're one and the same. Okay. So uh, the... The issue with anything broadly in Norse paganism is that there is an unfortunate large section of the the practice and of practitioners that have, how direct can I get? You can be 100% direct. Okay. There's an unfortunate tangent that is fairly large that supports Nazi and folkish ideals. So a lot of the sources may have connections to that. Um, Anything that references the AFA is unfortunately going to be pretty bad. You really have to do your research, not just into the content, but into the author as well, because a lot of the authors with some of the resources that you might find are going to have connections to most notably the AFA. So make sure you're doing your research on the authors at all times. You can read from people that have these bad connections, but I would take them with some heavy salt and make sure you're really, really, really reading deep into their words. Because while some of them may even be scholarly type sources, they may still have these connections. I know that Stephen Flowers or uh, his pen name, Edred Thorson, he's an academic and his rune information is interesting, but the other parts like the the magical parts and the, the rune yoga stuff that he does are not traditional and have weird connections to the AFA. He supports them. Um, Some sources, uh, most sources will reference him. So if you see that a source may or may not reference him, might be a good idea to get it secondhand. Um, And I know that for sources online, it might be better to look at uh, Ocean Keltoy, Wind in the World Tree, and Wolf the Red as my, my three big like creators that can help guide because they're very aware of these, uh, these source conflicts and they're aware of the folkish element that exists in Norse paganism, especially in reading runes. The other caution, second big caution, there are some runes that are variants of the base ones, um, Othala being the, the big one that you'll see, and the seagull rune, the, the S. Um, mm-hmm. The S rune was used by the Nazis and was on the SS uniforms. If you know the lightning bolts, it's what they are, they're runes. Um, and there are ways to use that rune that is a different, uh, I guess, like writing variation, you might say. Like it looks a little different, but it's still the same rune. So it doesn't have that direct connection. But the Othala rune, if you see it with the wings, like coming upwards, that's called the Odal rune. That's a Nazi rune. So if you see that somewhere on a website, steer away immediately. If you see it in a book, steer away immediately. It It's supposed to look like if you gave a diamond legs. Now, if the legs look like they have backwards knees, 
that's when it's bad. That's the best way I can put it. That's that's what the wings look like. They're coming. Uh, it's the diamond, and then it goes down, and then it goes back up again. That's the Odal rune. Othala just goes down. That's the one you want, just down. Well, you know, actually, I was going to close this. I'm not going to close this. I want to talk about one more thing because you brought it up. Um, this podcast is called Folkcraft, and it's been in the back burner to do an episode on folk versus Volk. Um, it's that's a just a very hot button issue and I want to make sure that I present that material in the correct manner um, but you did say the word folk and so I want to be clear to listeners that runes themselves do not fall into that category when we talk about the word folk um, that word directly translates to folk but folk practices in and of themselves are not nazi practices like in general you can practice folk magic and it's not nazi volk is a very different thing it refers to a specific ideology a specific mindset um specific group of people and so it's you can use runes without being of that mindset of that group you can use runes and not be anti-semitic um you can use runes and not be a nazi but it's very important to be aware of the difference between folk f-o-l-k just general folk practices and volkish practices those are two separate things well as a, a small addition to that volk is more of the german way to put it um in america and in english-speaking countries you're going to see folk f-o-l-k but you're not going to see just like folk magic that's not bad that's perfectly fine we talk about folk magic it's all fine it's folkish f-o-l-k-i-s-h that's the bad one. Yeah. yeah, one word, folkish. Um, it's spelled the same way um, with the V, volkish. Um, some slight spelling changes on the end, but but generally, if you can see it spelled that way, that is more in reference to nationalism and like nationalism as we see it in America in particular. Um, that form of like violent nationalism is more of what you could relate folkish ideas to. Um, so, folk magic, folkish two separate ideas they 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 have similar word meanings um as like the literal definition but the way it's used colloquially is completely different so folk magic is completely separate and there are german and norse folk magic systems and and traditions and myths and stuff that are in no way hardline nationalist yes there there's a difference and it's good to be aware of it um but if you're nervous about using runes that that shouldn't be one of those nervous things it's been you know pretty popularized almost to the detriment to be honest because because it has become so mainstream so popular um in some ways we do see certain aspects of the community kind of hide white supremacy within it because it's oh it's so popular but that is the very outlier population that's not the regular population and so to get into runes and to use them for divination is totally normal and fine 100% well this has been folkcraft um if you want to support the podcast we have a patreon it's wild woman witchcraft where I post the episodes before they go. And today is the first time with a pre-show. So now we have pre-shows and you also get a video version. Um, Nike, you want to go ahead and plug yourself? Yeah, I'm Nike. You can find me at Warrior Witch Nike basically everywhere. Warrior Witch on on Twitter. Uh, I'm sure Temperance will include my link tree, but I'm sort of all over the place. I do astrology, folk magic, witchcraft, Norse paganism. 
Uh, and I have my my own podcast that Temp is sometimes on with me. It's called Magnolia's Magic. It's very fun. So you can find me kind of everywhere. I'm an ex-co-host of that podcast. I'm a, you know, I'm sometimes like host. a, I'm a on again, off again host of that podcast. Sometimes it's they like occasional me. host and sometimes we like you. Yes. Sometimes they like me. Yes. Um, <laughs> we let you come back. They let me come back and I'm Temperance Alden. But if you're listening to this podcast, you already know that. So I hope you have a wonderful day.